Hey, I'm Jeff Lynch, and I'm one of the pastors here at Compassion Church in beautiful Danville, Virginia. We love it that you have found us here online. Here's this week's message. Thank you, Jesus. Man, isn't it good to be in the house? Thank y'all. Thank you. Man, isn't our band, ain't they just, can we just give a round of applause? Thank you, Jesus, for sending us such talented individuals, right? Because I promise you, you don't want me up here singing or playing. Y'all can have a seat. My name is Wes. For those who don't know, you probably see me a lot on Facebook. The title they asked me to step into is Online Campus Pastor. I had no idea of what that was a year ago when COVID hit. I was just doing students and kids, and I guess I'm the guinea pig that they like to just throw at, you know. Hey, we got this obstacle. Wes, see what you can do. No clue as to what I was doing. I just start looking at others who are doing it better. Uh, And then so if you look at the back, everybody's sitting on the left side. I'm standing over here. So it would be even. No. But I got my wife on a camera. How awesome is that? (laughs) We got Bailey. We got Mike. We got Daniel. We got Destiny running the computer. We got Bailey and Esteban. Don't let me forget Esteban. He's up there waving his hands. (laughs) And it's it's because of y'all that we're able to do this. What you give, the time you put into it. But I can tell you, I can tell you something that we need more people. God has given us a big vision, a big heart. And I know people's had questions when it's come to online ministry. Wouldn't you rather just be in the building? Well, there's a generation that's coming up that they're not coming to church. And if anything, if I know anything about Jesus and his ministry, is he went where they were. Very seldom did you see go to him. They did. But he went where they are, and we know our young people, they're online. They're on Instagram. They're making stupid TikTok videos. <laughs> and so just I just want to say thank you, thank you uh, to Jeff for just the opportunity to come up and speak, and I would just like to open, open up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the privilege just to come and to speak your word. I just ask that you, if there's any part of me that's in this, you just remove it and you just make me a vessel and to preach your word, God, that it will touch the hearts of people in the room and the people that's watching online or that might watch later on, God. Just use this time to help us connect with you. Maybe we'll learn to grow and to get closer to you and learn to honor you in everything we do. In Jesus, I pray. Amen. So, as you can tell, I'm not Jeff. If I were, I'd be about a foot taller. But that's okay. I've learned to use my height as an advantage. Have you ever felt like you've ever had a thorn in your side, like you had a weakness, 
One of the things I've learned is when you open up and you're vulnerable. Men, do we like to be vulnerable? No. But I can tell you, in our weaknesses, God shows up stronger. Because when we open ourselves up to be vulnerable, we connect with others who are hurting and suffering. We like to impress people. I think that's why we post on social media, all that fun stuff. But we, we do impress people with our strength, but we connect with people through our weaknesses. And I feel like what God is wanting me to talk about is, obviously we're in our honor series, and so the title of the message is called Honor and Faith. Because I think those two things are tied together. I think the more you learn to honor, the more it increases your faith. And so, what is honor? What does honor do? Well, the, the definition, honor is defined as showing esteem for one deserving of respect, attention, or obedience. The supreme level of honor is reserved for God alone. There's a few scriptures up there you can look into that, but what does honor do? Honor builds up. Honor encourages. What does dishonor do? Well, it tears down. I know when it comes to me, we're honoring teachers this week. I was a little terror in school, especially early on. I was like a Chucky. I don't know if you've seen Child's Play. I probably shouldn't be talking about it up here, but that, that, that was me in a nutshell. I feel sorry for my kindergarten teacher. If Miss Long, if you're still around, if you're still watching, I, I apologize because as a kid, in, I didn't like to eat my apple peelings. And I didn't tell this in the first service, so you know, you're getting this for free. Didn't like to eat my apple peelings, but she was making me eat them. You know what I did? We were sitting on the rug, so I just bite it and I put it up under the rug. <laughs> and there was this one time, it was nap time. Man, I love taking naps. When you're a kid, you don't like taking naps. And well, it was nap time, and I had to use the bathroom. Or I was probably lying at, you know, just because I didn't want to take a nap. And she said, "No, go lay." Lay down on your mat. We had those little nice kindergarten mats. And I found, my, found myself doing the army crawl to the bathroom. So that was the stuff that these teachers are dealing with. Probably worse now. So my wife's the teacher, as you heard. And it's just, it's almost an impossible job. Because one thing I've learned is it is impossible to please everybody, Right? When you start chasing that rabbit of people-pleasing, you go down a dark hole that's never-ending. And some of the stuff that I've had to hear my wife deal with, 
and you go to kids' soccer games, and you ask yourself, why is this kid so disrespectful? Why, why don't they know anything about honor? And then you get to meet some of their parents. And then you just take a step back and go, oh, I see why. Because today's culture, we hear cancel culture thrown all around. You ever been paying for a mistake? Is there people still looking at your past, right? Bringing up old history, things that, you, things that you've done, but that's not you anymore. That, that's the same thing that we're doing. When we're showing our kids how to be disrespectful, so if we're not honoring our spouse in the marriage, right, their kids pick up on that. When they hear parents gossip and talk bad about their teachers, what do, what do we think that that's going to do? They're going to show the same thing. And even Jesus experienced dishonor. If you look at Matthew 15, verse 8, he says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And I don't know if you know this, but to dishonor actually hurts you. And that's where I feel the honor and faith comes because if you, if you think about it, when you start to honor, and when I say honor, you should honor every single person. But a lot of the times, we don't honor people until they're honorable, right? And that's the difference between honor and respect. Respect is earned. They have to work at it. The people you know, the people that have earned your trust, right? You respect them. When people go above and beyond and they honor you, you tend to honor them back. But respect is earned and honor is given. You saw the definition is the highest esteem. And so this next scripture is actually Matthew 13. I wrote it wrong. It's Matthew 13, verse 54 through 58. And this is where we're going to look at Jesus experiencing dishonor and so to throw out the context is right up until this Jesus has been performing miracles right he just healed the woman with the issue of blood he raised the little dead girl in verse 54 it says coming to his hometown he began teaching the people in their synagogue and they were amazed And this is where it gets tough when people know you, right? When it's your hometown, people know what you were like when you were a kid. They start to question and say, where did this man get this wisdom from? In these miraculous powers. And then they, st they start to bring up, you know, some of, the, some of the old stuff. Weren't you? Didn't you have a drinking problem? Well, it wasn't like that with Jesus, but it was like, isn't he just a man? He's just the carpenter's son isn't his mother married 
aren't his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, aren't all his sisters with us? Where did he get all these things? They just, they just couldn't understand it. The same people that were looking for the Messiah totally missed it. It was right there in the flesh. And then Jesus said, and I, I think this is so funny. He says, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town and in his own home. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. This is where I say this ties in to you. What are you missing out on? Another translation says he couldn't do miracles there. Not that he wouldn't, but that he couldn't. And it was because of their lack of faith and their dishonor contributed to that. And so I want to ask, how, how much have we missed out on when we haven't honored our parents very well? Because if I'm honest, I didn't honor my mom very well. My mom had her share of struggles. Of course, she screwed up. We all mess up. But somehow I couldn't let it go. How many times have we chosen to dishonor, to tear people down, to say certain things? You ever been in a fight with your spouse and you just said something because you knew that it would get under their skin? Have you ever said, well, if they were just a little bit like her husband, or if she was just a little bit like his wife, maybe I would, maybe I would honor her. But what I would rather ask is, maybe if you start to honor, even though they're not so deserving of, of it, usually what it will do is it, maybe it will build them up to where they'll actually be honorable, right? Maybe it'll help raise them up to that next level. Maybe it'll encourage them, right? Your boss at work, same thing. I've had some terrible bosses. Did some shady things. And I've chose to dishonor. And I think about all the blessings I have missed out on. When you choose not to honor God... In every aspect of your life, what are you missing out on? Do you honor God with your time? Do you honor Him in your marriage? Do you honor Him at work? Do you honor Him in your finances? I said it's first service. I've heard pastors preach. Tithe 10%, you'll get it back tenfold, and I'm not sure that's always the case. I know that he, he's a good and he's a generous God, but I can't guarantee you he's going to give it back to you ten times. I just can't do it. But I do know that you're already blessed more than you can ever imagine. And so that's why, when I give, that's why 
that's what I give out of, not, not what he's going to do for me, but what he's already done for me. I don't need him to bring any of the return back. It's because of him that I have what I have now. And can you, can you count, like if you think back to the time where you, and I don't, I don't know how many believers we have in here, but I think back to all the blessings he's blessed me with, even when I wasn't a dedicated follower to Christ, right? The people he put in my life, the things that he were doing, I say, God, I don't even know why you did it. I didn't even know your son's name. And you still blessed me. And that, that's why I give. Not, not that I get something. But so I just honor him. And so this next point is honor one another. We should honor every single person we come into contact with. It doesn't matter about the baggage. It doesn't matter what they've done. It doesn't matter if they're a believer. It doesn't matter if they're a good person or not. Honor one another. And if you look at Romans chapter 12, verse 10, it says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. There's no little fine print there. There's no exclusions. We got any couponers in the room that like to take their coupons to Target and then I despise you and, <clears throat> and then you're holding up the line, got 12 coupons. You notice those coupons, it says, except, like trial size not included or must be this. There's no exclusions when it comes to Romans, honor one another. It doesn't say unless they hurt you, unless they have spoken ill about you, unless they've cursed your name, unless they've gossiped about you, right? There's no exclusions. It says honor one another above yourself. That means to honor them more than you think about yourself. How are you doing with that? I don't know how well I'm doing. I think sometimes we have to look at the man in the mirror or the woman in the mirror. We have to ask ourselves, how are we doing? And the, one of the guys I like to look at is King David. Anybody else just love King David? I always like the thought of what the scripture says about David is that he was a man after God's own heart. That's in 1 Samuel. But if you look at David, he did everything to the best of his ability. Of course, he had some hang-ups in the end, but when Samuel was sent on the on the mission to find the next king, right? And he went to Jesse, looked at all his sons, and David wasn't even in consideration. Jesse brought out all his sons, and Saul was like, nope, nope. He's like, but, you know, they're strong. And he's like, well, do you have any more sons? He's like, well, I got this little runt. He's out there in the field, you know, minding the sheep. And that's, that's why I kind of, I don't know how... Uh, 
big David was, but I know he wasn't too big of a guy, so that's kind of why I relate to him. But he was just doing where he was just serving God the best of his ability where God had him. If his mission was to be a shepherd, that's what he was doing, tending to the flock. When they went and got him, when he got placed in the palace, right, playing the harp for the king, just going to town. I don't even know if a harp sounds like that, but he was doing it 100%. He was doing it on level 100 because he was doing it to honor God, not because King Saul was worthy of it, because God was. And so when you choose to honor someone, it's not for them, it's for him. And when you learn to honor everyone, because everyone is a child of God, I think it increases your faith a little bit. Because if you look at the miracle that we spoke about at the beginning leading up to him going into his hometown, the woman with the issue of blood, she walked, some scholars say, for 30 plus miles just to be in the same vicinity of Jesus. Fought her way through a crowd just to touch the hem of his garment. And Jesus, right then and there, felt the power leave his body and turned around and said, who touched me? And the, the disciples kind of laughed and said, well, you're in, a, in this crowded space. Everybody's touching you. And he's like, no. And he saw the woman trembling in fear. And what does he say to her? He says, your faith has healed you. Jesus didn't do anything in that moment just being touched but it was because of her faith the centuron that comes to Jesus and he has a man that's sick and dying he tells Jesus and Jesus says well let's take me to him and the man says no I don't I don't want to trouble you but if you just speak it if you just say right now he's healed, I believe that he's healed. And Jesus said, let it be done. Right there, Jesus wasn't even close to him, but it was because of the faith that he was healed. So if you're struggling, if you're feeling far from God, I want to ask you, how's your heart? David was a man after God's own heart. He, he did things the right way. Sure, he messed up. But before doing what, he, what was promised, he was promised to be king, right? And when Saul found out, he didn't like it very much. And he made it a priority to try to kill David, to keep what was his. And then so David was cornered in a cave, and he actually got the jump on King Saul. Saul had his back towards him. He didn't know he was there. David could have killed him. Took what was his. Took what was promised to him. 
but it wasn't the right way. It wasn't in a way that honored God. He cut the corner of his cloak off. And he humbled himself, said, I don't want to kill you. He wanted to do things the right way. He wanted to honor God. So I want to ask you, how's your heart? Is it far from God? Is it struggling? I know we, we have lost a lot of people over the past year. Sometimes it's easy to point the fingers. Sometimes it's easy to blame God. So I don't know where you're at. I don't know if you are struggling with the thought of God being your Lord and Savior or if you have kind of taken a step back. Maybe it's time and this altar is going to be open. Maybe it's time to come and accept Him for the first time. Maybe it's time to rededicate Maybe it's time just to come lay a few things down. Whatever you're struggling. Maybe you've had doubts. It's okay. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Maybe it's time to choose to, to honor said this in the first service and I got all choked up because several years ago I got burned by a church thought I was done with ministry I had been in youth ministry really since I was 18 just got hurt me and my wife Karen just recently married um, then about a year and a half into it, we were not going to church. We were watching Elevation a little bit. But then we had a miscarriage. And I didn't, I didn't know what to do. Just didn't. Ever felt inadequate as a parent, as a spouse, just as a man, just not knowing, because I'm a problem solver. It's the biggest issue in my marriage and the, one of the fastest things I've learned. I'm not called to solve every problem she has. And she lets me know it. If I just shut up and listen. <laughs> but it was in that brokenness when we was going through that struggle that brought me back to God. Because it brought me here. I didn't know what to do, but I knew we had to get in church. I knew we had to follow God better than what we were doing. And then look at, and I'm not saying I'm perfect or anything, but I feel so blessed to be able to be up here, to be doing ministry. And I wouldn't be here if I hadn't taken that step. 
to honor God in everything. And so I want that for you, whatever that is, whatever you're going through. He wants that for you. He wants that for you. So I just want to pray right now. The altar is open. Whatever it is you need to do, you can do it at the altar. You can do it right at your seat if you don't feel comfortable. An altar is just wherever you meet with God. So dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, coming to die for my sins, for our sins, God. You are so good. There's not enough words to describe how faithful you are, how many blessings you continue to pour out even when we don't deserve it, God. I just ask that you move right here in this moment, that you will call your spirit to stir and just to help people be ushered in to your good grace, to this family. Jesus, we love you, we thank you, we praise you. The name above all names, all the glory and honor is yours, God. We love you. Jesus, I pray. Amen.